0: we are live hello everyone welcome for another episode of the puppet podcast tonight we receive tyler bunch Ta yay i'm so happy i will bring him in the screen really soon but just before i want to wish you a good evening a good morning wherever you are in the world just right below the interview from where you are watching, I'm always curious to see. And I want to just bring in this wonderful community we build with the Patreon account that we have. So here it is. And I want to just show you a little of it. So we we try to make this on promotion, to give tools for puppeteers, on promotion and help the community to do all of those kind of stuff that we can still doing in this weird pandemic time. So streaming online, we do workshop about this. We give tools about like promotion and many, many things about LinkedIn, Facebook strategy, Instagram, all of this thing about promotion. So I really invite everyone to have a look to our Patreon, to to see what's going on over there and get some tools to put puppetry all over the place because that's what is fun. It's puppet. It. So now the publicity commercial is done. Please let me introduce my wonderful guest who is part of the cast of this amazing show called Sesame Street. Please welcome in the screen, Mr. Tyler Punch. Oh my God. (laughs) Are we on? Yes, we are on.
1: (laughs) Sorry. I'm a little little fried right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, like a a French fry.
1: Yeah. Not slided. This COVID thing's got us all turning into couch potatoes, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, we we don't work that much, but you you work. You're still working a lot.
1: I've been, I have been very fortunate. I've been very lucky that my my world has been able to kind of keep on moving. You know, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh.
0: no, Tyler, we- you you make people laugh. We have laughing uh, people right there in the comments. So that's so cool. <laughs> Thank you to be part of the show. I'm really, really full of smiles to receive you.
1: I'm very, very honored to be asked. Thank you so much for reaching out. This is, uh, this is cool.
0: Yes. I, and I want you to introduce yourself, like your career. I'm, I'm such a fan. I saw a lot of stuff that you do online, even like you do OBS. You are a good <laughs> OBS streamer. I want to know uh, your path to puppetry.
1: Uh, the, the shortest version of that story is, um, finding a home in the theater as a young person, um, finding that's where home away from home felt the best and, um, sort of stumbling into puppetry in my college years as just an extension of my performing persona and my, uh, my ability to connect with an audience, um, through different means. So puppetry i'd always been curious about it but never really um dove in enough to get good at any specific form until college i kind of found television puppetry and that really that really pulled my strings so to speak so i started practicing pretty hard at at getting good at that and even then i wasn't as good as i wanted to be or needed to be but i was lucky enough to get uh, a shot fairly early in my career and um for the last 23 years, it's been most of what I do. So uh, television puppetry kind of taken care of me.
0: That's amazing. So you start as an actor and you pull puppetry string over that. And you you also do music.
1: Well, yeah. But part of my, what I assumed was going to be an acting career when I moved to New York in 93, I uh, assumed that um, new york's biggest opportunities were on the stage so um i had endeavored to get good at musical theater and uh wound up one of my first big jobs was as a company member for the new york gilbert and sullivan players in new york and i worked with them on and off for about 10 years so um had some success as a vocalist so yeah yeah music's all right
0: yeah music makes people smile. Yes it's it's so true. And I want to ask you the first deep question of the puppet podcast is the why. Why do you cherish the art of puppetry?
1: Well for for me um why I've come to cherish it like why I, why I adore it now is the opportunities that i get to connect with uh an audience and and relay uh wonderfully interesting and entertaining characters on so many different levels for so many different genres and for so many different audience mindsets and and sensibilities The my range as a performer is Exponential as a puppeteer, I can, any character I can put in my heart, in my voice, uh, and I'm fortunate enough to to manipulate well, I can bring to uh, the story and bring to the the moving moments that are hopefully either giving people some respite from their life or, or educating them or giving them a new perspective on a subject matter, whatever it is, whatever reason the narrative exists to be able to embody characters that you wouldn't see a silly guy with a weird beard being able to play if he could see my face. But the fact that I get to sort of use the mechanism and, and, and the tool that is that beautifully created and sculpted pup, puppet to connect with an audience in that specific way is uh, it's pretty, pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, you're a freedom fan. You like to, to have exponential, as you said, possibility. That's great.
1: Yeah, boy. That's, and then again, that's one of the reasons I also kind of prefer the style of narrative uh, that camera work uh, provides, television and, and film work. You really only have to get it right once. And your effort after that is to see what you can bring fresh to it every time. So there's um, I, I have this kind of approach of, of do the safe thing until everybody's happy and then start doing things that might necessarily be as might not necessarily be as safe so the you know the improvisational nature uh that you can give to camera work and then capture that and and bring it to the audience bring the happy accident accidents to the audience i really i really enjoy camera work especially
0: yes i and i think it's a a total new form of writing because puppetry is a specific way of writing storytelling but camera bring another level like Mm -hmm. from the stage so i agree that it's something really special
1: yeah and there's uh again the the reach to the the number of people that you're you're lucky enough to be able to reach through through video medium is is also pretty astounding um some things that uh as intimate and as personally touching as a theatrical experience can be the number of people that you can reach is you know so much higher just exponential when you get to be able to use uh the airwaves and digital and all that stuff
0: yeah the digital aspect um i want to know also um your crush like do you have a specific moment of your crush for puppetry when that happened
1: i what's well, f- it's funny because it was something that sort of lit a spark but it wasn't necessarily Uh, I didn't see it as, as a love that could ever be returned. My (laughs) being fascinated with um, as a teenager, when I saw Fraggle Rock on HBO, um, it was a little, not necessarily um, my uh, audience age, uh, but my sister was watching it. And when I watched it, I I was fascinated trying to figure out how they were doing what, was happening in front of me how, how these characters were moving and how all the different scales and you know there must be doing something with wires and that one and that one must be radio control and that was obviously a guy in a suit and then that one's just like the muppets but they're doing it different so the the kind of figuring it out mechanical aspects of of how they were achieving fraggle rock kind of really you know spun my head around fascinatingly for me at least uh, i had no idea what it was going to mean to my life later on. And I, it didn't drive the passion then, but it certainly informed the interest when I found the opportunity to do it about seven or eight years later. So,
0: Yeah, how that happened? Like you receive a call or your... Um, it
1: was actually a friend of mine um, saw an ad in the paper, a guy who had worked as a local hire in Florida where I was going um, to school. I was at a uh, college in St. Petersburg, Florida. And a gentleman who had been hired to do work as a local for the Jim Henson company when they were doing things for Disney down in Orlando, about an hour and a half away. He had um, done puppetry for uh, his church and built puppets for his own expression of uh, his storylines and his own characters. And his eyes kind of got opened to the specific skill set required for television puppetry. And it was like a whole new world for him. And he went home and practiced the stuff that you have to practice in front of a monitor to do television puppetry, or at least arm and rod puppetry well, and realized that he kind of hit a, a block where he didn't have anyone to play with to kind of um infuse the creativity and new things to react to. And, and he was in need of people to play with. And he literally put an ad in the paper that said, I don't want money. I can't pay money, but I want to teach people how to do this. And we'll see what happens. So I answered the ad and just kind of fell, fell in love with it after he taught me what he knew.
0: Wow, that's kind of the master who teach.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Todd that's boy.
0: amazing. So, what would be the best way to arrive into puppetry, in your opinion? Like the feel of study, or how we can get this art form?
1: Well, you know, obviously that's gonna um, gonna depend kind of on which form of puppetry really touches you. Like I said, I started as a marionettist. I had done some hand puppetry uh, after that, um, but the thing that really ca- called to me was the arm and rod. So, my answer is going to be different depending upon, you know, the style of puppetry that someone's found a passion for. Yeah. I I happen to think that pretty much all levels of uh, mass consumed puppetry, be it you know marionettes or or television stuff, it, it's kind of an amalgamation of of all of the art forms. It's it's painting, it's sculpting, it's movement, it's voice, it's dance, it's music. So kind of whatever your passions are, finding a way to, to tune all of the various parts of your instrument that have to inform the puppet. So if you find yourself wanting to bring music to the puppet, then you need to you know, get voice lessons and, and find yourself exposed to as many different kinds of music and and why the music touches you um if your experience with a puppet is going to involve more character then you should as much as you can involve yourself in acting or or improvisation so that you can find those facets of the characters within you and what makes them specific and interesting and connects them with an audience if it's um you know the movement if you're doing large-scale stuff or or marionettes then then obviously you're going to need to have some sort of dance training and you're going to you're going to really push yourself from a movement point of view and whatever connects you with that movement it could be martial arts it could be uh, specific forms of uh, organized dance it could literally just be going to the clubs every weekend and and watching how people move and figuring out how to emulate it but becoming a student of of humanity and what parts of that humanity you want to bring to your art form um the the answer is so wide because the world is so wide so it's literally what do you want to translate to an audience well you need to inform yourself as much as you can about that subject so that you have all of the linguistics all of the dialogue all of that verbiage of whatever that language is ready to use as soon as you get the opportunity
0: yes and it's so philosophical to say it like this you need to emerge yourself in your own message that you want to want to bring to the world
1: that's it. one of the things that in general artists have a tendency when we first get into it of thinking we have to be like the thing that touched us or we have to be like the thing that is successful when that, that's it's not wrong But what's going to be more interesting to an audience is that facet of you that you're communicating through those other things that you're impressed by. Use them as a model to say your own words, to tell your own story.
0: Yes. Wow. This is kind of a quote. (laughs) It's well said. It's so great. And let me ask you the next question about your definition, because we are in the wording of what we do. What is your own definition of a puppet?
1: Um, it's it's a marriage of the artist and expression that brings thought to an inanimate object. And I specifically say thought versus movement because an, an automaton is movement. Yeah. A, a character, a puppet, we want to know what it's thinking, we want to know what it's feeling, so to me it's it's giving that inanimate object uh the aspect of thought.
0: Wow, that's so true. I think it's the first time I get this this deep aspect of like put the intention of a thought of a yeah really something right there that's so true. Wow <laughs> I wanna yeah do connection. <laughs> Yeah, and we have people go, oh, (laughs) the potato is back. (laughs) We have people who say, nice. And I want to let you know that we have someone watching from Honduras. Honduras.
1: Arturo. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so we have a... Joe Joe Valdez, I think I know that person.
0: Yeah. And I want to ask you also... um, do you feel puppetry have reached its full potential? Like, do you feel we still have many to go? Do we are in the, the golden age or the ascension still going? This is a big question.
1: Well, there's <laughs> there's two answers to that. Just Because for me, there's um, the artistic, expressive, intercommunicative humanity of puppetry, and then there's the product that is puppetry. There's the, you know, the mass consumed thing. And and I personally think that uh puppetry as an as an art form, as an individual form of expression, is on the rise because people are finding their their tribe so to speak with with the internet and chat rooms and and being able to reach across the globe like like this show does more and more people are are saying you know saying to themselves hey other people like this other people do this and pushing themselves to do better and showing photos of the things and videos of the things that they've done on the internet but then the consumption side the yeah creating things that can help people make a living pursuing their art in in my experience it follows this kind of sine wave um um, popularity and i think we're in a mid zone right now but i also think that covid has kind of thrown the whole world for a loop so it's hard to assess i i think people are going to be finding things within themselves to express now that um but those things won't be able to come to fruition and therefore be consumed by an audience for well till we're able to to be in a theater with each other again. So, okay. right now, everybody's you know, the videos that they're making and doing things on TikTok and, and doing things in you know, various and sundry video platforms, um, to at least get their work out there. Um, I, I, I think the professional side like everything else right now is on a little bit of a downtick, unfortunately. Um, But I think more and more people, especially right now, because we've only got time to sit at home by ourselves and make stuff or think things up. I think Mm -hmm. puppetry is is blowing up a little bit in terms of people finding it, like I said, as an expression of self.
0: Yeah. People learn also in this time, they learn about video streaming, but they learn also about the creativity of it, I think I agree totally. And I want to know your like big purpose for the future. I don't, it's kind of a funny question to ask right now because we feel our life I've done like a 360. But for you, how you voice the next objective for your career?
1: Um, Figuring out ways to bring what i feel is the magic of puppetry which is that the the other thing that becomes necessary with the the inanimate object a feeling and experiencing and translating thought the other part of that is the audience is complicit in that um if a puppet non-verbally does a specific thing everyone in the audience is going to have their own version of what they saw happen yeah. because they are necessary that relationship is the only reason the puppets thought or life exists it it doesn't have context otherwise if it's just you know one person alone in the room doing something and there isn't an observer the observer brings the heartbeat brings the life The, Uh the performer imbues what they want to translate but unless someone's there to hear it you know a tree in the forest kind of a thing. So that having yeah. been said, finding out ways to trans that translate that electricity of the moment like what we call the happy accidents on a, on a film set when a thing happened that you weren't expecting to happen but you all captured it and it was amazing. Being able to like uh, CGI and and more sets that are being done with with virtual aspects, being able to bring characters through puppetry to those situations kind of like the Jungle Book did where they had Puppet versions of the characters on set with the young man who was playing Mowgli in the in the latest live action version of, of Jungle Book. They had actors, performers there, uh, friends of mine there with with puppet versions of the characters. So the child, the live child in the scene had something to react to. So when they put yeah. the computer generated animals in later, he was reacting to real things in the space. And there yeah. were things that those performers brought to that to the text and to the performances that wouldn't have existed otherwise, if it had just been an animator alone in a room that that they inspired all of the creativity of what gave individual aspects to all of those characters and finding more ways to do that. Again, that's my specific world of doing stuff for the camera, finding more ways to involve puppetry in the other uh, technical advances that, that are, are being captured to translate stories to an audience. So and, and I think the next thing is, uh, you know, three-dimensional and VR puppetry of being able to bring characters in an interactive sense to life through puppetry um, into those experiences would be a really cool thing to happen.
0: Wow, that's such a, a target. That's so great. I I can't wait to see where you will go with your stuff. And that's such a cool objective. I really like it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, let's see what's happening. I want also to to know because you you are part of this legendary uh, cast. Like the Sesame Street is kind of uh, a pillar in the puppetry world. So I want to know how you feel to work on, on that that set or to to have this legacy and and bring life again to this vision of puppetry.
1: Obviously, it's it's very humbling to be part of that show. Um, uh, I I was basically I made I made a joke actually um, on set a couple of years ago that I did the math and realized that I was probably conceived at the same time as Sesame Street. <laughs> um, so I was uh, it, it started on the air um, fall of 69. I was born in, in February of 1970. So I've kind of grown up with the show and I've I've been the same age as the show. So that connection just in general of, of yeah. seeing as many, you know, times around the sun as as the show has is, is kind of interesting. But uh feeling as if, and we use this this phrase a lot, we're kind of the stewards of these characters that have this lexicon of available video. There's so many things on YouTube <clears throat> now they're on HBO Max and other places of like these characters that have such a long history and such a long life and so many hours of uh doing things to with and for the audience um that having that kind of mantle and carrying that torch forward is is a little intimidating but it's also a real honor to to be trusted with that so every day i'm i'm on the set i'm pretty aware of how, how fortunate I am and and the kind of the responsibility that we have to make sure that we treat the characters well and, and keep them as pure as, as hopefully everything that's come before.
0: Yeah, that's true. The pure thing of, of those characters, it's it's such a, because they were all over the world. I, I met, I interviewed the Brazilian Elmo a few episodes ago and I, we have Joe bring this question. Do you like Helmo's song? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I'm sick of it. I hear it's too much. That having been said, Ryan Dillon, who performs Elmo now, he has such an amazing voice. I don't know if you guys have been able to see the the jazz at Lincoln Center with um, video that's been circulating Uh for, that's the Sesame Street characters that et cetera singing just Ryan's so so talented his voice is amazing so I like hearing Elmo sing I don't know about Elmo's song
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true also to play for children you can go into this level of humor also when we are in adult field <laughs> so you have all of those levels with the set with people over there <laughs> Maybe you have an anecdote for us from from that set or that uh, adult Sesame. version.
1: Oh, uh well, I mean <laughs> the most famous one that I've only ever seen video of, but you know, it it it's been harder in these times and as the um the the overall scope of Sesame went from doing a lot of shows, there used to be 130 episodes every year. And now we're down to 26 episodes every year. Um, so there's a lot more attention to detail and it's uh, a shorter period of time and very concentrated. Uh, one of the things that used to happen at the end of every season was there, you know, there's a rap party and sometimes there would be a show and, uh, there was a gag that happened. in one of the rap shows where, uh, ate a child on set on stage and it was one of the kids that was um, a child of one of the people who works on the show and so in the middle of the sketch snuffle snuffleupagus literally ate a child (laughs) and then a year later when the same sketch happened after the next season they did another sketch and then snuffleupagus threw up the same child like marked him (laughs) back up again it was pretty funny
0: yeah. yeah, this is such a, a, a precious anecdote, a precious moment also to, to have access to this. And um, I want to ask you, where do you see puppetry in 10 years? Uh,
1: part of what I was talking about before, yeah. I, 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 in an ideal world, I see taking the skills of puppeteers and trying to integrate them into the new ways that people are consuming media. So whether that's, you know... Finding a way to involve puppetry in, in um, shows on personal devices or or f- whatever new way we're going to experience theater now, if if things have to change, um, finding ways that that puppetry can be at the forefront of that because it's one of the few art forms where if mm-hmm. if the performer has to be, they can be completely masked because you kind of want to be sometimes, so kind of makes sense that that puppetry could kind of forge the way into whatever live theater has to be now that we're we're you know dealing with this pandemic crap um but truth truthfully that notion of puppetry being connected to whatever entertainment becomes over the next 10 years and and then again my specific hopes is figuring out a way to bring it into the technological world so that characters don't feel so rote and they aren't computerized and robotic, there's still a human yeah. soul helping translate yeah. a character to an audience.
0: That's true. We need the soul behind the object. So let's have a question from the audience right now. Here we have filmmaker of the future who brings, what's your favorite role you've played, Mr. Bunch?
1: Hmm.
0: It's a good one.
1: Hmm. Hmm.
0: <laughs> I hear the click. I'm oh. going to have
1: to say. <laughs> that's a hard one because, dear, uh, uh, two answers. The, the The role I had the most fun playing uh, was uh, he was a mascot for um, Air New Zealand, the airline out of New Zealand for for over a year. Uh, I was part of their ad campaign and I went to New Zealand a couple times and shot some videos for them. The, the reason it was fun for me is because it was mostly improvisationally based. And the whole thing about the character was he spoke in innuendo. And if if you know, you know, everything he said had a second meaning that was usually inappropriately sexual, but he was completely oblivious to it. He didn't know he was making sex jokes, but he did it all the time. Um, So Rico for Air New Zealand was the one I had the most fun doing. The, the character that kind of set my career on the path that has I've been lucky enough to experience was was trilo from from bear in the big blue house um that was kind of that's the one that's kind of in my heart as being what got me started so to speak so between those two I think there's a happy medium in the middle yeah.
0: yes true that that's great that's that's such a a diversified career also that you get performing on stage and and doing different puppets, so it's so cool. And I want to know for the conclusion. I always ask if you have maybe a, a, an object, something you want to bring into. Oh, the,
1: oh, that's the, right. You did put that down there, didn't you? What's funny about it is like I didn't get permission as to whether or not I could use. The, the yeah, that's the point. Stuff, that. Um, honestly, <laughs> I'm gonna encourage everybody. So if you don't already, most of these mediums that we're on now uh when you go into like for instance what's the name of the thing we're on Streamyard now uh if yeah. it's zoom or even the, the the google meetups when you go in there you can tell your computer to look through various cameras right now i'm telling it to go through the native camera which is the um you know the facetime camera because it's that's an imac but there's a an app called snap camera <laughs> that is basically a filter for snapchat but it's a separate App And it works with most of these so when you when you go and you you have the camera available like I have the camera mic thing on steam yard here when I click on that it gives me the opportunity to change the input of the camera. Well, if I've downloaded snap camera and uh, restarted my computer so that integrates with everything I can do this on zoom I can do whatever um, I can be whatever character that they've put into the filter so i've been playing with this potato and he goes green screen but here i'm gonna go in here and look at all this stuff oh what what i did i did that pineapple before yeah Yeah. that's yeah Yeah. oh baby uh but there's tons of fun things in here and you can record videos and do whatever it's kind of like puppetry of the face basically (laughs) Yeah whatever character you can come up with you can do it is very exciting hold on let me see i find name a name a thing say a noun it doesn't matter just name an object whatever object say something
0: uh, uh i i would say uh, a bottle
1: bottle let's see if there's a bottle
0: if we have joe say lol <laughs> so i think you're your F- pineapple. Like placement.
1: Fiji, yeah, it's product placement. That's silly. That's <laughs> no. just silly. I don't like that. What's this one?
0: No, uh, maybe uh, the sun. The sun. The we... Oh,
1: let's see what happens. See, and what's fun is that you can make your own of these, and then some of them, oh, it's just filters. That's just, it's just <laughs> I'm getting you get them all that is. That's kind of whatever.
0: Uh, or the snow. The snow. snow. Let's
1: see what happens if I do what snow or snowman.
0: Snow. <laughs>
1: Frosting. Maybe, maybe snow. Oh, here we go. <laughs> snow globe oh you can sort of see my face in there but not really let's see if i do snowman hold on you can see here like do all these things snowman, snowman yeah we have the
0: video also going oh
1: why is his butt bouncing that's ridiculous <laughs> and we anyway. have the
0: figure skate oh <laughs> So this is in few in few months.
1: <laughs> Ridiculous. Anyway, I, I encourage everybody to to play with it. It's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I want to. Snap camera. So let's snap camera, everyone. Let's have a fun. And that's the future, as you said. You want to bring the soul behind. So yeah, we can be a puppet. If yeah, we...
1: digital. Technically, it's digital puppetry. Technically.
0: Yes, that's true. So, yeah, we we have good comment right there. I like the snowman. snowman.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Tyler was really great.
1: Oh, that's very kind of you, Jack. You're far too, far too kind.
0: Yes, and we we have also people watching from England right there. Ronnie LaDrew. Hi, Ronnie.
1: Ronnie. Great to have you, mate. Thanks for coming along. Really appreciate it
0: yeah so cool so Tyler if people want to see more of you want to reach to you are curious where they should go
1: all right so uh Tyler underscore bunch is the Instagram I think just Tyler bunch is the I think at Tyler bunch is there an underscore there the the Twitter I can't remember Facebook obviously I'm easy to find on Facebook I'm the only guy with again the weird beard uh, although there are other Tyler Bunches out there, um, next weekend I'm going to be doing uh, Saturday night and Sunday afternoon, uh, East Coast time. So seven, I think it's seven PM. Is it seven PM? Yeah, seven PM, uh, East Coast time, uh, USA on Saturday, November twenty first. I'm part of a play called Star Chamber. It's an original play. I will be playing uh, William Shakespeare in a in a Zoom play. Um, he's being interviewed about uh being accused uh, of sedition um and possibly having his head cut off for offending the queen uh so uh, saturday at seven and sunday at three and then on uh december 8th on amazon prime in the us there's a a movie coming out called uh dr bird's advice for sad poets Um, it's a uh, about a young man who uh, is trying to deal with his artistic self and he envisions the way he expresses his angst is, he has a a pigeon that is his psychoanalyst that visits him in his room and talks to him about his problems, and uh, I I performed the psychoanalyst pigeon, whose voice was later replaced by a famous person, but on set anyway I performed him. Um, uh, so yeah, like I said, Doctor Bird's advice uh, is on December eighth on Amazon. And, uh, you know, keep your eyes open for Sesame Street and uh, Elmo's talk show on HBO Max and uh, various sundry animated things. If you go to the IMDb page, there's a bunch of crap there. So, yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm in places you don't want me to be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you do so much stuff. It's so cool. So, yeah, let's have a look on, on this. I saw the preview of this pigeon. Thing and it's it looks interesting yeah, really
1: it's, it's, a, it's a very it's a, it's a good script it's a good story and very well directed yeah, yeah so
0: yeah we have Chad who, who put the pigeon right there <laughs> <laughs> <see>. hi Chad <laughs> yay so thank you so much Tyler thank you. I, I had a blast
1: <laughs> same here thanks for listening everybody
0: yay so I, you could stay a little in the virtual studio we can chat after but for now we'll say bye bye and remove you from put the I, screen. Like a, yum. <laughs> I always find this sound ar- funny. C'est drôle. Yes, everyone. Thank you for watching. And again, have a look on all of those social media that we have with this Patreon. We talk about promotion. This is also the, the purpose of the Puppet Podcast. We have wonderful workshop. Here is one we have done with Aaron De La Peña from Los Angeles. So we, we want to give you tools. We want to share puppetry, love, and passion. So yeah, have a, a, a little look on this. We will have many other great workshops coming. And so yeah, stay tuned. We have three podcasts this week. So tomorrow night and also Thursday. So yeah, I wish you... A wonderful night, wonderful morning if you are in the other part of the world. And I say, have a nice evening. I will put my jungle. You see, I have a jungle. Yeah, bye-bye. It's a a jingle, not a jungle. Okay, good night.